Welcome, Dr. James Beckett, Sports Card Insights here with Rich Klein. We talked about baseball, the concept of magic years, and we're going to consider some other sports, some other teams besides the 68 Tigers. <laughs> Thanks, sponsors, Tops Panini, Upper Deck, Heritage Auctions, Hugging the Scott Auctions, Mike Stadium Sports Cards, Burbank Sports Cards, ComC.com, Beckett Media, Beckett Grading, Beckett Authentication. Welcome, Rich. What thoughts have you had since we uh, talked about baseball magic years and seemed like most of our examples were from the 50s, 60s, 70s, maybe a little bit in the 80s? Yeah, people have, have actually spoken to me too and like the topic is that we caught something there, that we understand that collectors want to have a tangible element of a year that they remember fondly a lot of times from their youth. I was talking about not watching a lot of sports. Well, I was home. I didn't have anything else I wanted to watch or listen to. Somebody had just posted on YouTube a 1989 Mayor's Trophy preseason Mets-Yankees game, April 2nd, April 3rd, 1989. Winfield and Manningly weren't playing. I'm looking at the Yankees lineup. I say, this is a terrible lineup. No wonder they're falling to last place. But I was still living up there. It was fun to see. But if they'd had a great year, it still would have been fun to see a good team. If somebody ever comes up with the full telecast of some of the 69 Mets regular season games, oh. it would be great just to yeah. see them just to remember what that's like. We have the World Series games, we have some of the playoff games, but we don't have a lot of regular season games. Cards gives us a tangible memory of that. Then future generations, I think, that follow other sports more than baseball, will have some of the same memories evoked players, but because it's a different time, they may not have the same memory of making sure they have a LeBron James card from 2016 when he leads Cleveland to their first NBA championship. They want the rookie card. They don't want the 2016. They're, they don't care about who else was on the team. Where of the older generation, we cared about not just the fact that Kirk Gibson's on the 84 Tigers and Alan Trammell and Lou Whitaker and Jack Morris, but we want to see the Rusty Coons cards. We want to see the Dave Bergman cards. So that's one of the differences. The other difference is, is I think baseball is the toughest sport to repeat in. You need a they've whole team. They've all gotten tougher to repeat in. They've all gotten tougher. Football, you've got the Brady era. You, you couldn't have a magic year for the Patriots. They've had... Six magic years. If you were going to have a magic year for the Patriots, you'd have the first one when nobody expected them to win the Super Bowl. Even that's, that's what I'm just saying. If you were going to have one. And same thing with basketball. The dynasty is led by Michael Jordan winning six rings, and, by Kobe and Shaq. And so people, Lakers. and they just want Kobe. They don't care about a Michael Jordan card from 1993. They just want Michael Jordan cards. But that's my point. So there, is there such a thing as a magic year in baseball post 2000? Or in any of the sp other sports? I don't think so. There's I, an era. There's, there's a an dynasty. Era. There's a group. They're still collectible. It's not why Stefan Loeffler collects twins. No, he it's, didn't even it's see. It's not magic year, although they've he, had some. He does love the 91s, yeah. but he was four years old. It's not like he has visual memory about 91 twins because he's four years old. He just loves the twins. Yeah. Well, I'm a big fan of team collectors and player collectors. It's a great way to enjoy an increasingly expensive hobby. But like we're saying, the, the 68 Tigers is not the only example. 55 Dodgers or and there's 60 Pirates. You've mentioned some of these. But well, I don't hear it in any other sport. Well, and the 55 Dodgers is we really don't have necessarily complete rosters. Right. I remember in the New York days, people would say, do you have a Carl Ferrillo card? They wouldn't necessarily say, do you have the 55 Bowman? They wanted a Carl Ferrillo card. They wanted a Jackie Robinson card. And the ones that really knew, especially as cataloging gets better, thanks a, a large part to what you did. Okay, now we know we can get the 55 tops Jackie Robinson. And we know that Duke Snyder's in 55 tops and number 210 and Gil yeah. Hodges. And there's a couple of tough numbers. Ed Roebuck's a tough card in 55 tops high number. I picked one yeah. up recently. And so again, that would be an example of a magical year of finally them winning. But the Yankees, 
I mean, what magical year? It isn't magic when you're expected to win, which the they did only, almost the every only year. The magic year is 61, the year where you have Mantle. Oh, when Mantle. you have the... Okay, I think I see some demand for that. You know, Brian Fleischer is a 61 Yankees collector. Oh, really? Okay. So, I mean, so how does he manifest that? Is it just I in the he, Topps cards? He, or he is did it? the Topps cards. I think he started doing autograph cards, and it's oh. a long time ago, but I think he started doing a collection of everybody Maris and Mantle hit homers against that year. That's exhaustive. Yeah, but that's and not exhausting. that expensive. You don't have almost Probably no Hall of Famers. It's not right, that expensive. Right. Tracy Stallard. Yes. Yeah. You mentioned that the Reds, the Big Red Machine, there was a lot more interest in 75 than 76. Correct. Well, what do you attribute that to? It's a really cool For- design, and 75 is the Great World Series. 76 is an attractive enough set, but it doesn't have the same allure of collectors that 75 does. And as I said, 75 is the year they play the Red Sox in the greatest World Series yeah. ever played. As a Yankee fan, I would tell you the 76 World Series was horrible for many reasons. Well, I was a Pirate fan back in those days. So the Division Series went through Pittsburgh. I yes. Think, and, At least you got 1979. The Pirates, if they, get, if they make it the World Series, they win it all. Speaking of 79, that's, you yeah. know, 79 is almost as much as a magic year for the Pirates as 71. Yeah. Because there's a special thing. They are the we are family. family. And the cards aren't that hard to get. So you can do the 79 Pirates team set without really spending an arm and a leg. You don't even have well, to spend a finger. On these magic year things, do you think there's, is it only about Topps cards? I think it's or, only or about. Or Topps and Bowman in, in the 55? I think with the one exception is 84 Tigers Donruss, because the Donruss 84 set was so popular. I think with that exception, it's mostly Topps cards where it becomes a challenge to finish the set. Because in 68, you have all those tougher cards, Tiger cards in the last series. 67, you have the Red Sox card, the team card. 69, some of the Mets are sneaky tough in 69. The 60 Pirates aren't that bad. But you get some of these years, even the 61 Yankees, you, if you really want to do the full set, you got to get those tough high number all-star cards. Hockey, have you ever heard about magical years there? I've it's, never heard they, of the magical years. dynasties. They, because they, they're dynasties. There's lots of different four or five year runs of uh, Canadians or Leafs or Islanders or And yet the Rangers Oilers. were always more popular among card collectors when I was living in New York, and I think they still are, than the Islanders ever were, even with the Stanley Cups. In fact, for the Rangers... Part of the allure was the fact that the Rangers didn't win the Stanley Cup between 1940 and 1994. Was that a magic year for him? Was that when uh, Messier uh, helped Messier, him? yes. Messier basically guaranteed. But does that make it a magical year? It or did, is it, it it's, you're, the, you're too late to have it, a magical it's year? It's too late for the magical Please. year, except I got a funny story. I'm watching a film on NHL Network, and I see Buddy Kurzweil. He, he's been the Ranger season ticket holder forever. Yeah. So I'm watching, and all of a sudden I see this name, Buddy Kurzweil, being interviewed about the 94. I go... Oh, my. For those who don't know, Buddy, along with his late partner, Rick Berudin, opened Sports Corner in the mid-70s. One, one of the very first baseball card stores in the country. And many years ago, when I was still at Beckett, Mike Payne was the editor, and we're sitting around. I said, Mike, do you want me to go find and talk to the guy who owned the first baseball card store in the yeah. hobby? And Mike's eyes lit up and said, really? I go, yeah. Okay. So we did an interview with him to get him into a like, magazine of key hobby events, which was cool. Yeah. But he was a huge Ranger fan. My friends, Mark and Donna Rubin, who own a store in Westchester County, they're huge Ranger fans, too. So they've gone to hockey camps. They've gone to the Gretzky Hockey Fantasy Camp. Uh, fantasy camps are cool. I've talked about them. The-, the other thing that, that I don't hear much about, because, again, the magical year, again, baseball, well-established. There's eras or dynasties. What about rivalries? Have you ever heard of any of the collected Celtics and Lakers because they were such rivals or I've heard of Dodgers and Yankees, maybe, but that's a New York thing. The closest thing, it has to do with being, as you said, Dodgers and Yankees, Red Sox and Yankees, because they're geographically close enough. And especially if but you, you wouldn't collect both, would you? And who's got a collection you're of not Red Sox and Yankees? collect both, but if you're any sort of even a vest pocket dealer, you might do both. Because you're going to make money. It's not magic if you're supposed to win. 
in some of these other sports, basketball and football, if you've got a dominant quarterback and you've got a, a dominant scorer, Michael Jordan or Kobe or somebody in basketball, LeBron, then people are expecting you to win. They're disappointed if you don't. Whereas baseball, even if you've got Sandy Koufax or Roberto Clemente or Mickey Mantle or whoever you want to say, Mike Trout can't even get, get in the there. playoffs. Yeah, he's been in the playoffs so, in his career. So one player, no matter how great, but if, if the Angels all of a sudden had a great year this year... There are too many different cards would, that you would can't Would that be fold. a magical year? It's and a magic people, year for the franchise, but there's but too would many... Would you go after the player? Would you go after the team? Would but you go after too, all the brands? But there's too many card sets. The other thing is it's a definable thing. I was thinking about this as we're talking, the 68 Jets. Joe Namath, I guarantee it, walking off, waving his mm. finger, number one in the air. Yet, I can't think of people who go chasing 68 Jets cards. They have some other Hall of Famers. Don Maynard, he gets like a normal card. It's not like he gets yeah. a bump for that thing. Matt Snell, Emerson Boozer, there are other guys that are really cool in that set, in that era that Topps did football, or yeah, Topps always did AFL, so they've got Topps cards. They're not chased the same way, yet there were more books written about the 68 Jets. You would think people would still collect the 68 Jets football team. They really don't. You're saying the pronoun they... But aren't we really talking about people that are longtime fans or living in that proximity? I guess there's Dallas Cowboys fans who don't live in Dallas. There's a lot of Dallas Cowboys fans who don't live in Eagles fans that don't live in Philadelphia. Probably. (laughs) I'm sure there are. But basically, you don't all of a sudden have a magical team out of thin air. You had to have some base of loyalty, don't you? Yes, you do. But the 67 Red Sox, that created the fan base in Boston. For years, the Red Sox were nothing. All of a sudden, the, the impossible dream team, they go from ninth place to first place. They take seventh games in the World Series. And Yaz wins the Triple Crown. It galvanized the entire northeast part of the country. The New England part of the country all became Red Sox fans that year. So there was no previous base. That became the base. So that would have been a miracle year. That was a miracle year. That was a magic year. Yeah, but they they, they still suffered under the curse for another 30-something years. But it was still a magic year because they got there. And they hadn't even been there for 21 years. Yeah. And people forgave them because they weren't expected to win. It was like, hey, you were competitive. You're good. Okay. 85 Bears, I think, would have been the closest recent football example to a magic year. The Bears. The Bears. The Bears. William Perry, the fridge. Yeah. I knew that he had gotten really popular. My aunt comes over to our house one day, and she's talking about the fridge, and she knows nothing about sports. And that was a pretty good sign that he had, at that point, crossed over. He jumped the shark, actually. Yes. (laughs) But the point was, there's no 85 (laughs) tops card of William Perry. Could you imagine in 1985 if Topps had actually been doing rookies that year? Yeah. And we had gotten an 85 William Perry card? That could have been a $10 card in 85. But that's still in a magical year, even though it, in that same sense. It was a magical year for the franchise. Yeah. But it wasn't a magical card year because the cards are a little too accessible. But if Perry had been an 85 Topps rookie instead of 86 Topps rookie, it might have even been a magical card. Does it have to have some aspect of underdog? Because it would seem like in football, you've got a couple of Eli Manning underdog Super Bowl winners, yet nobody's up on Eli or the Giants. Well, Eli's overshadowed by oh, his, his brother. brother. And, and, his, he, and his nephew, maybe. And Eli <laughs> and Peyton have the exact same amount of Super Bowl victories, too. Eli twice just hit his peaks right in time for Super Bowl runs. You talk about right. teams coming teams, on strong. Right? By the way, wouldn't that be a great story? You nobody's know what was a great that. story this year with Tampa Bay? And I'm looking on ESPN and my eyes went, whoa. They had the greatest retread line, defensive line I ever saw. They had Sue and they had JPP starting for them in Tampa Bay this year. Yeah. I was like, Jason Pierre-Paul is still around. Excuse me. He's on Tampa Bay. I cannot pronounce his first name, but Mr. Sue was playing there. And there's a third guy too. And I'm thinking, 
wait a second, this is really cool. You don't need speed. Actually, JPP maybe needs some speed to get around the corner, but yeah, Sue. I'm glad he finally won a title, but it was just one of those weird things where I'm looking and I'm saying, but JPP was an important part of that giant second championship team. Michael Strahan's an important part of the first one. He had played forever and he's still a key member in 2007. There's nothing that says we want to win this year than bringing in an all-time great 43-year-old quarterback. <laughs> and he still has it. So if you're 33, you're thinking, hey, they want to win now. And you know, they still had it, and he still had it. And, and, and they brought in these linemen who still had it. But if they've only got one or two good years left, that doesn't matter for Tampa Bay because they, won the they want one or two years. We talk about this in sports, and I'll use Still the, not a magical year. No. Even though... It's magical for Brady. We'll talk about this in a different subject. That's, would you make the Doyle Alexander for John Smoltz trade? And the answer is yes. Yeah. You make it for both things. Doyle Alexander goes 9-0 and down the stretch for the Tigers. If they play anybody but Minnesota in the Sky Dome, they, actually, yeah. they might get to the World Series. They might win the World Series. If they win the World Series, it doesn't matter that John Smoltz ends up with the Hall of Famer. You won the World Series this year. And most of the time, the guy you give up to get somebody like that is not going to end up in the Hall of Fame. So both sides are right. You play to win the game, is that famous expression from Herman Edwards goes. Yeah. But the Miracle teams play to win the game, but then they also get that little extra bump because nobody expects them to win the game, win, win all the games. Especially you know, in baseball. The, the best 60- teams win 60% of the games. If you win 100 games, you're a super team. Yeah. This year's Dodgers were like the last team that looks like they should have won the World Series, that, and they did. They might have even been able to win two. We don't know if the Astros were doing something not proper to win the what, yeah. the World Series they won against the Dodgers. You've got the best hitting lineup, and you've got the best pitching matchup three out of four days or something. It's, it, it, helps. it helps. But again, it can't be a magical year no, because not. they were expected. No, it's a little too late, but 88 was a magical year for the Dodgers. Oh, with Kirk Gibson. That was a magical moment. Yeah, and Oral Hershiser in the 59 scoreless innings. That was a magic year, and if that year had occurred 20 years earlier, we'd be probably having people chasing the 68 Dodgers if the 88 Dodgers did in 68 what they did in 88, they'd be chasing them. Yeah. There'd probably be a, because Kirk Gibson signs as a free agent from the Dodgers, they probably would have gotten a high number Kirk Gibson card on the Dodgers. And all of a sudden, then you'd have a very popular very card cool. to chase. Now, there's a fantasy worth chasing. Yeah. Thanks, Rich. Thanks, listeners. And uh, see you tomorrow. The man in the house.